midlife. The Midwest. It's the middle class. The millennials. Baby boomers. West Coast. East Coast. The far right. The far left. What we need is a middle ground. Middle ground. Middle. Middle. Middle ground. Hey, welcome, Groundlings. Welcome to Middle Ground. I'm Chris Otto. And I'm Chris Kelsch. This is Middle Ground Midwest, Midlife, Midwestern, in the middle of everything. Middle of everything. Uh, and thanks for joining us, everyone. This is kind of a cool thing for Chris and I. I know you may not know this, but this is, I think, one of the few times we've actually been face-to-face. Only time. Only time. Only time. We're able to do this. So We uh, are in the same room at the live, coming to you from the Silversmith Hotel <laughs> in, in downtown, downtown Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> uh, and uh, I just want to say, uh, without getting too weird, you're an attractive man. And I never, I, I never knew what you looked like before. Thank you. You're amazing. Nice, it's nice to meet you. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, it's, as uh, creepy as it is, we're in a hotel room. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> The bed is just a few feet away. We're sitting here. We have a couple drinks couple in front drinks of us. In us. It's going to be just, a great, rainy oh, afternoon, lazy Sunday. Awesome. That's a good day to drink an old-fashioned is it's, what it is. Uh, you've got to thank well done don draper isn't that what draper yeah. drank? <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. roger drank the old fashions it was one of the it's a madman drink I like that it is kind of a madman well done i've got the traditional vodka soda with a little lemon you can hear the clinking of the ice as I we're drinking that. isn't that kind of cool this is sultry it's the beauty of audio no oh, it's a it's a sultry broadcast our, our gary reed our professor in audio production 35 years ago would be proud he is We're proud. Take, taking advantage of the media. We've taken everything we've learned and uh, <laughs> folded it into middle ground. <laughs> it only took 25 years to get here. That's right. That's so right. We're, moving, we're on the slow bus, but that's okay. So what else is going on, man? What you got? Uh, Tinder. Uh, I know. Tinder we, we, update. We, we, <laughs> we need a theme. You know what we need? A little bit of theme music for the Tinder update. following segment is <laughs> sponsored by tinder.com swipe right motherfuckers <laughs> okay so, so what do you got you and i both have been at this long enough to know that there's a certain and you talked about earlier today a certain passive aggressiveness to internet dating texting whatever it's all innuendo and this and that tinder is the greatest platform for passive aggressive talking because if you don't meet your soulmate on tinder no harm no foul so it's almost nothing's at stake no risk so right no risk risk because uh well we've all been on tinder we know it's there okay that's all i'm gonna say about that but so the last time and i was just new to tinder when i started chatting with this person yeah Last time I, I, I started the the night that Michigan State played Iowa in the Big Ten football championship, championship. game. So that's first part of December. It's, it's, uh, I think it's yeah, first or second, first week in December. First week in December, yeah. and we're now into the first week of April. So that's four <laughs> months. So January, is, February, March, April, four months, a third of the year. This is this the longest relationship you've ever had? Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't even know I was in it. <laughs> So, so that was your first contact. What? I've been dating someone, <laughs> internet dating someone for four months, unbeknownst <laughs> to me. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. So, could, could, thank you. I, well, I guess um, I won't ask how the sex is. No, I can't. I can't wait to meet her. We're going to find out. <laughs> so what happened? So we were talking, and, and so the game comes on, and you were at that game. And yeah. you, in fact, you and I had just started talking about that podcast, this podcast, conceptualizing right. during that weekend. So we're just chatting during the game, and, you know, hey, where'd you go to school, blah, blah, blah. I'm terrible at small talks, but I said, yeah, I went to Michigan State. I'm in the middle of watching this championship game. Kind of set the thing aside. I was watching the game and stuff and didn't think anything of it, didn't pick it up and whatever. So she didn't either. And uh, my Tinder small talk is terrible. And then I get a text from her today. Or not a text, but a, a Tinder message. Uh, uh, four months later, uh, a, as an answer to a question I asked that night four months ago, something about uh, the graduate program that you went to, and this and that, and so on and so forth. And the, uh, so she texts me, or she tinders me back today. Yeah, it was a great program. Blah blah blah. I really, uh, you know, I missed my, you know, whatever. So I'm like. So I e- immediately sent her a message back. Oh, well, thanks for responding. Wait, that so only so took four, four months <laughs> with the smiley face emoji. That's so, the passive aggressive so part. So no contact since December. Right. This is, a, this is what I would call a slow developing relationship. It's slow developing. I had set it aside. But the thing is, she comes right back and answers the question I asked four months ago with no acknowledgement that four months have passed. <laughs> That's right. assuming a lot. So, like I would, I'm still interested in the in the answer to my question. And you were, I was. All right. So two things about that though. A, she kept you. She didn't delete you from right. her little screen or her little right. email list or whatever. Right. So that's good. Yeah. 
And two, uh, obviously she didn't meet anybody in the interim. That You were kind of a backburner, dude. You were That's a backburner. That's where you and I disagree because I was backburner and she clearly must have met someone that she was more interested in. But so I think she dated and it fizzled. So I was option so, number two. So how do you feel about that? I'm st- I got bumped up to the number one. Barely. You're like, uh, you know, so we just, people versus OJ just ended. So you're an alternate. You got bumped into I'm the a jury. Mi- I'm a mid-season replacement. Yeah, you're a mid-season. <laughs> you got called up to the bigs, my friend. Yeah. It's the big show. So uh, we started texting and we picked it right up. I guess that's the beauty nice. of the internet. You can just pick things right up, right where you were before. Hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. No harm, no foul. I had nothing going on. But the cool thing, and you should know this thanks to you, is when someone asked you, hey, what's been going on? Yeah. Thanks to you, my friend, my creative what, friend what, and what partner, did I do? we launched a podcast. So when, so, so when someone says, what's been going on, I literally can come back and say, and audience, this is important. Uh, you know what? Not a lot's been going on, but I did have a productive winner. I launched a podcast with a friend, and and then the real professional sounding part. We're on iTunes. Okay, you know what? Here's the thing: if this podcast gets you laid, you must record it. I will. You need you need a microphone. You need uh, some software. You need your laptop nearby, and the audience needs to know what's up. And not only that. She will be a guest on this podcast. Oh, absolutely! Because I want to find out, and 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 in actuality, you know what what happened in the first. You know, she said something, and 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 she's just being polite. She's like, you know, my Facebook was down, blah blah blah. I had work, travel, stuff right. comes up. So you and right. I both know that. Sure, yeah. sure. She was dating somebody. She was dating someone. Yeah. So, but I didn't, you're not going to call her out on that because not yet, not, not, yet. not to like the fourth date or something. You're like, right. so what the fuck? Yeah. Four months. Really? How was January for you? Yeah. Right. Cause, February, cause, March. Yeah. Because last time we talked pre Christmas, so you can come back with, Hey, how was your Christmas? And then your second question was, how was your Easter? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Those are the two big holidays you ask about. Nice. And we were just coming off of Thanksgiving. I mean, it's just such a, these are, this is what internet dating is all about. It's crazy. Um, nice. So that's, that's the latest on that the um, previous segment was brought to you by tinder.com viagra Swipe and cialis <laughs> um and so uh so that was interesting and then well, what that's awesome I, on but on behalf of all middle ground listeners uh we wish you the best thank of luck you and, and i did and we're looking forward to next and when update. i was tending her the cool thing is and again thanks to you i said look i launched a podcast sent her the link to the middle ground podcast on itunes on oh, tinder nice. cut and nice. paste and her the link so there's validity to what you're saying yes. and yes. she came back with hey i listened to the first 10 minutes of episode one I think we should chat via cell. Episode one, Daryl Crylo yeah. is uh, the voiceover artist from Los Angeles. Yeah. All right. So that's what I have. Uh, what do I have? I Well, baseball season. I, boy, you've got Tinder. I got baseball season. I guess that shows. Uh, well, it's been a terrible spring so far. We had a, a snow blizzard uh, past couple of days. We're in Chicago. Um, snow blizzard. And today it's uh, raining it's steadily. It's miserable. Or I heard the other day somebody called it snaining. It's been snaining recently. <laughs> uh, you mean with the combination snow and yeah, rain? Snow I, and my, that's better than my word. My word was it's just crapping outside. No. <laughs> well, that, no, I, I went with the sniglet. I think snaining <laughs> is a sniglet. No, no that's a, a little alliteration. I will say you're half a block from Macy's in downtown Chicago. You can I go need pit- some gloves. You need some gloves. <laughs> hey, it, and that's a good segue. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. You must acquit. That's right, Johnny Cochran. So People well, versus OJ ended last week. It did, ended. Did you watch it? Of course, of course. Um, first of all, the verdict I came back. He, say, beat, he beat it again. He beat the rap again. But no, Sarah Paulson. Yes. Holy shit amazing performance as marcia clark as marcia yeah. clark yeah. she was unbelievable she nailed the coldness of it and she nailed the un- unlikable she was marcia clark was unlikable marcia we- clark was but paulson kind of made her sympathetic and i mean the beauty of it was you got to see what marcia clark went through behind the scenes with darton with those darton, two grew really close with darton with the hairstyles with the discrimination with the sexism again i mean all of the struggles that she had um, and then the jury stuff. I didn't realize the jury went through so much tumult. Basically, yeah, if I had come to you and said, hey, Chris, would you mind being uh, locked up in a hotel room and you can't watch TV uh, for the next 18 months, who would say yes to that? You know, I, I agree with you, but I, I think, I mean, that jury, 
uh, was completely different than the jury they selected. I know. Because they booted off so many people. Cochran, as much as I hate the guy still to this day, he made it about the LAPD. Yes, he did. The LAPD was on trial for are they racist or are they not? And, oh, by the way, if they're racist, you've got to let O.J. free. That, and that, you were living it. in L.A. Bottom line, Chris, your opinion, if Rodney King doesn't happen two or three years before oh, it's that, different. It's, it's different. Uh, the whole trial is different. Yeah, it was, you know, we just lost all of our audience under the age of 40, <laughs> every single one of them. So, all right. Well, hey, it's good to see you in Good person, to see you, man. too. You're a handsome man. You I for, I'd forgotten how handsome you were. This is It's great that we're in a hotel room. We're going to get some room service uh, and uh, some drinks yeah, we're and just see where this thing goes. Straight out on the bed, turn the microphones <laughs> off, or maybe we'll just let it run. We're just going to let the recording run. All right. And for our audience, let me describe this. I love modern hotels. They, they've evolved and changed so much over the years. Chris has a, I don't want to call it a suite, but he's got a room with a really nice bed, a little living room area. How do you area. know it's a nice bed? It's a nice bed. Stay I can, off I can the tell bed. by looking. I can, tell by, I can eyeball him. Right. And he's got two TVs. Yeah. So Yeah, but they're like 10 feet apart. It's not like they're separate rooms. Let's what, not get excited. What are you watching over there? You we, live yeah, well, my we friend. Should, we should be sponsored this week by the Silversmith. By the Hotel. Silversmith. Yeah. Well, I wonder uh, if we have a different energy when we're in person. It'll be interesting it to listen to this back. It's You're going to be surprised. We're going to sound like two yeah, dudes. This is going to be interesting. Semi-drunk, having a good time in a hotel We're going to get so many letters, people saying, you guys should be in the same room all the time. <laughs> Speaking of letters, so e please email us. We've not gotten any email from you people. You're sitting out there. You're listening to us. You're enjoying our work you're laughing at our jokes you're fascinated by our repartee you're being educated by our guests and you know what we don't hear from you yes it's a little selfish this is actually. a rare combination of intelligence and um <clears throat> humor and uh, you're 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 taking but you're not giving anything you're you know not what? contributing anything that's people. right and chris and i are we're, we're givers we give 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 never take always give you people are kind of the opposite we're not hearing from you at two men in the middle at gmail.com we check it every day, and every day it's it's frankly it's it's crushing. Empty email boxes are crushing. People start doing your share. Yeah. That's right. You know what? We're clearly pulling our fair share of the load. We can't put on this facade for much longer. <laughs> All right, so we got to interview. You know what? This next guest. Wow. How do we even? Uh, wow. This you, you for those of you who have hung on this long during this witty banter. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being with us, and you're going to be rewarded handsomely because. This next guest is well worth your time. Uh, we call her M, period. That's it, M. She's 20 years old. She lives in the fine city of Boston, Massachusetts. Which you've lived in. I've lived there, but did not know her. And I just want to say, never. Wow. neither of us, have, for the record, have never met her, don't know her, never spoken to her until this interview. And uh, it was enlightening, to say the least. How, how would you describe this interview? Uh, she's mature beyond her years. And uh, very pretty girl. And wait, very wait, wait. How do you know she's pretty? We did. We only spoke to her. I've seen a picture, but that's neither here nor there. Wow. What I would say is very surprising. She's very. Here's what the words I would say: very self-aware. She and is for for her age to know who she is and what she wants and what she's looking for. The fact that you could be in your twenties and this in touch with who you are, not judging yourself. And just accepting of yourself and who you are, and being support supported by friends and family, my hat goes off. It's it's a it's a phenomenal deep country we live in, and I'm actually it being is. serious about that. Permissive, you not permissive, uh, open, open, and I guess we're lucky to live in a country that is accepting of that type of at some level. Not all states, obviously, not North Carolina, but she lives in the right <laughs> she <laughs> she lives in the right we state. We live Let's in 49 great states. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> No, but we should say she's uh, she's way into BDSM, which uh, we learned a lot about BDSM, uh, bondage, discipline, sadism, and masochism. Uh, so there's violent physical contact involved. There's some weird dynamics involved. Not weird, not weird. I shouldn't say weird. I should say very different than what most people are used to in terms of a male-female relationship. I can say with all honesty, I haven't gone there. I don't think you have. Uh, not yet, but today's <laughs> only Sunday, my friend. So. It's a Sunday night in Chicago. <laughs> a lot can happen. It's only about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We've got uh, lots of time. Chris and I, as with all our guests, and I really actually mean this, we don't judge. And we just let you tell your we story. Accept we accept here on anyone Middle Ground. here. And uh, God bless her, actually. She Absolutely. knows that. She's really cool and sweet and uh, very cool. Very interesting. Oh, it was. I, I think this is going to be good. We'll see. All right. 
Uh, so without further ado, here is our interview with the lovely M. Welcome to Middle Ground. Hi. <laughs> Welcome, Em. So I think the best place to start, there's so many questions I think both Chris and I have, but the best place to start is your current relationship, right? So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the relationship you're in now? All right. I am in a dominant, submissive relationship with a guy 14 years my senior. Um, and you are 20, which I think 20. we said in the intro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Why don't you explain that for <laughs> for <laughs> people who aren't familiar with a dominant, not that I am, but a dominant submissive relationship. What does that mean to you? Um, wow, there's so many things you can say about it. Um. <laughs> but we were talking earlier. There, there's another layer to that, though. He's not just your dominant. No, he's also my real boyfriend. Um, well, no, but there's oh. something else. <laughs> I also call him daddy. <laughs> Right. It, for, but for real, though, not this isn't but play. For like real. You, yeah. So so talk about that a little. What does that mean? Um, I think me calling him my daddy is more that I crave someone to nurture me and care for me um, and love me on a deeper level than, say, a boyfriend would, because um, I very much look up to him as a father figure um, in a non pedophilia way, <laughs> if that can be understood. And he, so he sees you as a daughter figure as well? He does. He very much thinks of me as his little girl. I mean, he doesn't have children himself, and uh, he cares about me. He wants me to, you know, get good grades. Um, he makes sure there's, you know, food in my belly. And <laughs> Wow. Does he take you to work on Take Your Daughter to Work Day? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no. That's a good question, though. That's... It's not on my I thought it was list. fair. I thought it was fair. I have to say. Uh, to be honest, it's a question I've asked him. Like, if you guys have that at your office, can I come? But uh, <laughs> that probably uh, wouldn't be good. No, <laughs> I don't think so, it would be appropriate. Let's go to this to the beginning. At, at, at what age do you start to realize that you have different uh, desires than maybe I want to say the typical person? And we're certainly not judging. But was that a difficult thing to come to grips with when you realized that you were just not like typical? You had certain appetites or whatever. And then two, did it feel strange initially seeking it out? I mean, when you realize, OK, I, this is what I really like. This is who I am. How do I go find it? What was that part like? Okay, so the first question, um, I was probably around 14 years old when I realized I just had an appetite for older guys. Um, I lost my virginity when I was 13 to a 17-year-old. Whoa. Um, So I think that's where it all really started. And from there, I just craved an older man. Um, At the time, I don't think I knew that I wanted, you know, such a quite age difference and I wasn't into you know the dom sub daddy stuff at that point um so I guess from a really young age I realized that I needed you know older guys to fulfill my you know void within me (laughs) so Um, well it's no pun intended so um (laughs) 13 though 13 is awfully young to lose your virginity and it's I, I I have to ask is it was it um, something you did willingly? Was it a, a traumatic event? How did that come about? So it definitely wasn't traumatic. I mean, of course. The so it wasn't day. an assault of any kind? Nope, not at all. My dad never touched me. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, I mean, of course, I was a 13-year-old girl, and I guess I could have been persuaded, but I mean, it was totally willing, and um, I mean, it just happened, <laughs> you know? Wow. Um, was no, we, no, we don't know. That's why we're asking these questions. <laughs> I don't know. 13, I was trying to figure out how to rip the head off my G.I. Joe doll. I, I don't know. Well, see, this um, is why I think it's just it's always been inside me, this yeah. you know, wanting to be a little, it's called. Um, I mean, at 13 years old, I don't think any of my friends were losing their virginities, but I was. So... I mean. Were you, did you go to a public, uh, this, I assume this is middle school, junior high, public or uh, private? Nope. I was at a private school, you know, Catholic uh, school girl. 
Wow. Wow. It, wow. Well, not there a, you go. Not an all. <laughs> was it an all girls school though? Uh, actually, the the school was split up into uh, female and male classes, and we never mingled. Even at lunch and you know recesses and stuff, the guys were one side and we were at the other. All right, so we're talking the whole thing. Are we talking plaid skirts and knee high socks? I mean, is that <laughs> the exactly white Oxford? What we're ta- yeah, yeah, is that what we're talking about? <laughs> Black shoes, uh, maroon knee high socks, and a skirt, and a white blouse, and a sweater. <laughs> I've seen no. you in videos, my friend. No, I'm kidding. No. And, and <laughs> I'm kidding. Who knows? Maybe you have. <laughs> so we, we should say, because I think this is actually par- maybe part of how your personality has developed this way, and I'm you know just guessing, but you are pretty short. You're 4'11 or 5 feet I, tall? Yep, I'm 4'11 and 3 quarters. And so neither Chris nor I have met you, but you've we have we've seen a picture of you and you're you look like you're probably i don't know what do, what do people say 16 15 yeah 15 16 years old <laughs> when you're in public with this guy with your boyfriend do people are people shocked if you're showing you know if you're doing pda and holding hands or is it is it strange you get looks oh yeah we definitely get looks especially when i'm you know skipping next to him and all of a sudden he grabs my ass no you don't you don't (laughs) skip you don't skip do you do you actually skip i do skip sometimes (laughs) great wow okay amazing so so you actually do and please don't take offense to this i hope but you you actually do sort of live the life of a very young much younger girl than your actual age you act that way at times yes i do um, I do act much uh, younger and, uh, you know, virginal, <laughs> if you want to say. How does that work with other areas of your life? You're in college. You're, uh, you, don't, you're not, you don't have a job, right? No, no job at the moment. <laughs> so when you're actually dealing with other adults in an adult environment, do you, does it, is it a handicap to you? Do you find that people think you're a child? or? Um, I think... You know, it's just a, it's a switch. It, it turns on and off. And I mean, if I have to be, you know, mature and I'm in a professional setting, of course I act mature. But it's it's always there. You know, it's it's like a it it wants to come out. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like a separate entity. It's in, it's inside me. and It needs to come out. Um, but I know how to you know hide it when I need to. What is he like? I mean, um, at 35 years old, which is, I mean, this day and age is still really young. I mean, Chris and I can remember when we were 35, we were just a couple of dumb kids. Mm-hmm. But now we're 45 and a couple of dumb kids. But that's beside the point. What, <laughs> what is dumb, he like? Dumb like kids. Yeah, exactly. We're still dumb. We're just dumb. Anyway, what is he like? Talk, talk to me a little bit about him. Oh, well, there's a lot of layers to him. Um, he has a really high profile job. Um, you know, he owns part of a company. Um he is very much your stereotypical suit, you know what I mean? Um, right. Very professional. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. He, um, he's very dominant, I guess, in every aspect of his life. Okay, so aside from that, so he sounds like, like a little bit like an alpha, or not necessarily an alpha, but maybe someone who definitely has got it together, knows what he wants, yeah. making money, all that stuff. So that's all good. Um, do you think this is something for him that it's important to hide? No, because some of his closest friends do know about our lifestyle and do know about the other part of our relationship. So he's definitely not afraid to hide it when he's comfortable and secure um, with somebody. He definitely would be mortified if someone at work found out. Uh, We're talking about Boston, Massachusetts, which is a great city. It's so similar to Chicago. Uh, Irish Catholic, uh, uh, very prominent in Chicago, very prominent in Boston. So it's got elements of really, really conservative things to it, but it's also a very, very liberal city, too. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Does that affect you guys at all? Do you think about that at all? I don't know. I think uh, Boston is very up and coming, especially with uh, young alternative peoples. So, I mean, I definitely, uh, there is a website, a uh, fetish social media website that we are on, and there are a lot of like-minded people, uh, just like us, who are in the city, Boston, Massachusetts. So, I mean, there are a lot of us. Uh, You may not know it, but there's a lot. So, I don't think living in Boston affects it at all. Em, you're a little too young even to imagine this, but it would have been... I'm not going to say impossible, but pretty difficult for someone like you to find a community of this kind of that had that shared this kind of interest without the internet, don't you think? How would 
how would you even do that? No, like I, I don't even know how people used to do it because, um, I mean, from a young age, that's how I found my first, you know, older boyfriend who was into this lifestyle was via the internet. Wait, so, so this is not your first? He's not your first? No, he is not my first. I had a prior relationship that lasted about a little less than a year. That was my first, you know, hardcore um, dominant submissive relationship. You found that also on this on the website? No, I actually found him on Craigslist. Horrible enough, I know. But was there was there this daddy <laughs> element to that relationship as well? Nope, that was strictly dominant submissive. Nothing nurturing about it. Pretty much, you know, paddles to my ass um, and me tied up on a bed. So it was bondage and. Uh, yeah, bondage and discipline. You know, BD. The BD and BDSM. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does does the discipline help? And I'm talking about grades and things like that because maybe I could use a little. Of, uh, honestly. Need to know what the side. I really need to know what the what the side effects are. Honestly. Because I could my career's in the dumper and I just need a shot in the arm. I need to know if this is something for me. Chris, you got you got to jot this website name down after we're done here. Um, but no, no but in, in, in all in seriousness, all, and we yeah, it's a little odd to talk about this stuff. You don't normally hear. Or, or openly have an opportunity to talk with anybody about that's these very kinds of sad. things. It makes me it, super sad. <laughs> it, well, it is. It is sort of an underground um, lifestyle, if I if I can use that word, um, that people just don't talk about. So it's 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 surprising to hear you so comfortable with it. And and uh, these are new concepts, I think, probably to most people listening. But is it the uh, the bondage and the discipline stuff that sets a dominant submissive relationship apart from a daddy daughter thing or does that occur in both they're both really uh mental type relationships i mean to have the role of a dominant and submissive it's you know a girl on her knees looking up vulnerable at her master i guess and i think with the daddy daughter thing it's it's a lot deeper i mean it's a really intense relationship just like a relationship you would have with your own father I mean, well, let's not. No. <laughs> I'm mean, not I'm sure not that's an accurate. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At bottom line, we all have daddy issues, mm. but uh, we just express them. Chris and I express them differently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I have to say, I, and I, I take a lot of shit for this myself. I do date women or have in the last 10, 15 years or so who are significantly younger than I am. Mm-hmm. And there is an element of. Uh, there is a desire, I think, among younger women who date older men for the security and the stability. The security and the stability and being with someone who isn't going to play games and has already experienced life and knows what they want, maybe. Um, and someone who just knows a lot more than you, <laughs> you know, can help guide you. As you get older and you mature and you start discovering more and more about yourself and the things that you want out of this life, and I'm not saying that's going to happen tomorrow, but as you do age and get into your mid-20s and 30s, you're going to change. Um, do you think that goes away a little bit? I mean, do you think about the future at all? Do you think about I, your future I, self? Of course. And in 15 years from now, uh, I, um, I want to be with someone who's 15 years older than me. Uh, I physically cannot see myself being with someone my own age or someone who isn't a daddy dominant. Um, and I know I'm so young and that could change. Um, things change all the time, but right now I can't see it any other way. And even if I mature and I grow, I think there's always going to be that aspect of me. So what about children? What about, you know, it's it's pretty likely that in five years or 10 years, you're going to start thinking you want a family. And if it's this current guy or some other guy, he's going to be, I don't know, 50, close to 50, um, and and may not want to go there. Um, probably wisely shouldn't go there, given the fact that he'd be paying for college and is when he's 70 or when he's retired. But that, I mean, that's got to be a question in your mind that with that age difference, that's going to be a problem. Of course. And um, I, I, I want more kids. I actually have a daughter myself. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? Or is that? The most I'll say is she's three years old and and um, that's that. <laughs> that's enough. You were 17 when you had I her. I was. Mm-hmm. That's good. That was wow. quick, quick math there, Chris. Good job. <laughs> good job. Where's the calculator? Thank you. <laughs> I was still working it out and you filled in the blank there. So. At what point in the process do you let the, the prospective gentleman know 
that you have a daughter because at that point, according to the what I'm hearing this evening, he becomes a granddad. <laughs> I've never thought of it that way, and I'm going to say that to my current boyfriend. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Man, I gotta start reading. I gotta start getting up to date on what's going on out there. I am. Wow. <laughs> I don't incredible. think that that's what that's called, but. I did tell my boyfriend within the first date that I had a daughter, um, and he's very much met her. Um, he's met my family and stuff, so we do have a very vanilla is the word um, relationship on top of being in a really kinky relationship. Like he's met my parents, I've met his. <laughs> do you live with your boyfriend? I don't. On weekends, I do. Um, he works really long hours during the week, so I kind of like to give him his space. Who is the father of your child? Where is he in this? Is he He's supportive of it? He's got to be at some level. At all. Not involved. Does he know? What? About my daughter? Yes. <laughs> He's not involved at all. Your parents are supportive. Yep. What's, my, what's my that like? My dad is really supportive. Does um, your dad know about the, the relationship with your boyfriend? The nature of it? Um, no. I mean, of course, I always joke around with my dad, like, hey, dad, me and, me and my boyfriend have a girlfriend in a... I joke around all the time with him. I, he doesn't know that I call my boyfriend daddy, but... So you and your boyfriend have a, a, a third? Yeah, we have a girlfriend. <laughs> wow, that is... Oh, okay, let's take a break and go for a second hour after this. <laughs> um, so, that, you know... That is a crowded bedroom. Oh, I know. Thank God we have a big bed. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Our intern staff really needs to do some better research on these guests before they uh, come on because <laughs> the brief uh, that I had. Am I have nothing? I'm just going to close. Just one question. Where the F do you have the time? <laughs> to, what the hell? You're a student. Why are you talking to us right now anyway? <laughs> it's my downtime. God damn it. I mean, you raising a daughter, you're what, junior, senior year in college? <laughs> when do you graduate? Um, I have, like, about two to three more years left on my degree that I'm working on right now. Okay, I'm never going to say this to another guest. Hang up the Skype and get back to your school and your studies. <laughs> I'm actually a straight-A a straight student. I have a 3.2 GPA. <laughs> well, that's not straight-A's, but hey, it's, it's better close. than <laughs> Let's get to the goods then. Let's talk about this. What are you studying? Mm -hmm. What do you aspire to be then? Um, no, that's, those weren't the that. goods I was thinking of getting to, but oh, go ahead. Let's, let's definitely talk more about school. There you go. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris is still, while Chris is passed out, let's just get some basics on it. Try to recover. Chris went for a bottle of Gatorade to take a breather. Um, while he's doing that. I'm Googling and searching the internet right now for. Uh... <laughs> All right, so uh, three-year-old daughter, mm -hmm. a boyfriend, you have a girlfriend in that relationship, you are uh, got three more years of school, mm -hmm. you're a good student, you sound like a good kid, All, everything sounds mm -hmm. great. What are you studying? What do you, what do you want to do? Um, where, where are you headed, do you think? I want to be a high school teacher. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're, you're 4'11". These kids are going to eat you alive. <laughs> Especially <laughs> teaching in an inner-city Boston public school. <laughs> is that what I you want to do? You wanna, yes. You want mm -hmm. Wow. So how old is the girlfriend? Um, she's 31. Okay, so she's kind of in the middle. So you're the youngest of the three of you. I'll always be the youngest because I won't have sex with someone younger than me. <laughs> Probably not that hard to do because <laughs> most people in the world are older than you. So you got uh, your, your pool of candidates is pretty good. You don't know how many propositions we have from younger girls who want to sleep with us. <laughs> Turning down offers. That must be nice. Oh, yeah. I wonder what that feels like. <laughs> Let's debunk some some misnomers here because when you okay. hear when most people hear BDSM or or, or uh, kinky sex, they think leather, they think whips and chains. But you don't sound like a leather whips and chains kind of person. Yep. First of all, uh, leather is not involved in BDSM. That's a whole other fetish in itself. <laughs> um, whips and chains. Yep, that's in there. Uh, I don't like chains. Uh, I don't like whips that much. <laughs> Does he have a dungeon in his apartment or his house or? Uh, no. So uh, what does it look like? We live in a Boston apartment. It's not that large. <laughs> There's no room for a dungeon. Um, we have, you know, a dresser full of toys such as ropes and um, different types of floggers, which are things to use to, you know, whack. Um, different whips. We have canes. Um, and we just keep them tucked away in a drawer. So this obviously goes far beyond just a hand against the 
the butt and mm-hmm. this is some serious um uh, yeah probably like you know two pound wooden paddles getting slammed against my very petite frame by a, a man that's you know six four <laughs> and do you and does this t- actually arouse you turn you on it really does turn me on yep i like the uh, aspect of pain what's the girlfriend do when this is going on like he's Going to town on you, so doing his thing. Our, You're enjoying it, and what does she do? Um, okay, so Watch, take pictures, this, and what the heck? This kind past of, weekend. Trying to visualize okay, it. So this past weekend, um, we had her over for some dinner and some playtime, and she put on a strap-on and fucked me while my boyfriend fucked her and slapped her ass. So <laughs> that's how that went. A lot of room for creativity here. Oh, yeah, there's really, so much. Just a you know, lot going on. All right, next question then. After the physical act is done mm, and, mm-hmm. and the hormones have been released and and you're satisfied, is there intimacy after that? Like after yes. the, the physical part of it, the, I hate to use the word violent, but I'm just going to say the violent yeah. part of it. Um, you cuddle after that oh, yeah. or do you, uh-huh. you so, pop some popcorn and watch Sports yep. Center? Mm-hmm. What happens after so, that? Uh, I like to call it aftercare. Um, a lot of people in the scene or lifestyle, um, as some people call it, so it's aftercare. We very much, you know, cuddle, and uh, he'll pet my hair and, you know, give me nice kisses, get some water, maybe <laughs> grab another glass of wine, throw a movie on, and, you know, sometimes we go to bed afterwards and we just snuggle it out. Damn. Put, like, Neil Sporin on the sores or anything yeah, like know, that? Band-Aids or things like that? Usually my first thing is I run to the bathroom to see what kind of marks I have because I really do love the marks that um, I get. <laughs> and I'll see, how many did I get this time? Like, let's take a picture. There'll be no hitting of the face. You know, but they, they, don't mark, they don't hit the face, do they? I, I very much get slapped across the face. And you enjoy that? And I enjoy it a lot. You know, there's so much talk in the media about uh equality and uh you know uh, you know where i'm going with this how how do you reconcile the things that you enjoy privately and clearly are open to and and love how do you reconcile that with the general social opinion that a man and a woman should be equal in a marriage and respect each other and i'm sure you've been asked that it pisses me off so much because it's very much not Fifty Shades of Grey. I am not a kept woman. <laughs> I am not hit against my will. I am begging him to slap me. I think it's my body and I should be able to do whatever I want to it. And if that means, you know, I'm going to allow someone to mark and hit my body, then that should be my own opinion. And no one else has the right to judge me or tell me that I'm wrong in the way that I'm thinking. As long as everyone's consenting in, in the situation, I think it's 100% fine. Or you're not hurting anybody. I mean, no. other than the physical pain yourself. I'm I mean, you're it. not doing any. <laughs> I have the biggest smile on my face afterwards. Other than the the girlfriend that the two of you share, do you sleep with other people? Um, I do not seek other people without him outside of the relationship. Um, I guess we are technically in an open relationship where if one of us wanted to have sex with another person where it's fine as long as we're open and honest about it. Um, But together, we actively seek other people to join us in our bed, in our bedroom, to form relationships with or just to hook up with. So, you know, people aren't monogamous. Monogamy is fake. (laughs) So then what does that process entail? Do you go back to Craigslist or another website and you say, we're a couple looking for a third. What are you doing Thursday night? I mean, is that, what's... We have a profile on OkCupid. I think that's a pretty known dating website. Um, Excuse me. And we advertise as a couple looking for another couple or a girl. And then also on our fetish website. What about STDs? Do you worry about safe sex with all these partners? Of of course. Um, And we get tested regularly. Um, (laughs) I am definitely a Planned Parenthood frequent flyer. They know me by name there. Just to guess, you're not a Republican, right? No. <laughs> okay, so that's good. You're you're practicing safe sex. That's a that's a good thing. What about jealousy? I mean, if he's you got a third, what if he's having you know really into it and just loving things that she's doing to him, and he's reacting in a way that maybe he doesn't react with you? Do you get some tinges of jealousy or? Yeah, of course, and it's something you really need to, you know, look out for, and you know catch it while you can and talk about it and get to the root of the jealousy because 
you know, jealousy can ruin a relationship if you don't handle it and communicate. Um, I definitely get jealous when I see him kiss girls the way he kisses me. And that's a rule we have. Don't kiss girls like you kiss me. And, uh, you know, like make sure you're always, you know, making eye contact with me. And Any other rules? I mean, while we're going over rules, I'm just curious if you have any other ones. I mean, other than punctuality and all the other, the normal ones. But uh, any mm-hmm. other rules you guys have laid down? This is fascinating. We don't have um, a hard set of rules, just little things like, you know, be open and honest all the time. I don't know. And another big rule that we have in our relationship is I share my location on my iPhone with him so he knows my every move. And to some people, that's a little creepy, but to us, that's just uh, Wait, wait, wait. wait. You willingly you willingly share your location with him? All, so he knows where you are at every moment? Yep. He is um, away on business right now, and he can see that I'm, you know, home doing what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> uh, is it? Do you um, know his location as well all the time? Yeah, his is actually shared with me, but, you know, he travels so much, I don't know where he is. <laughs> So it doesn't even matter. That That's uh, on the face of it, it. It would seem to be a tremendously controlling, which maybe is a silly thing to say, because that's a part of the whole dominant submissive yeah. dynamic, I assume. For sure. In what other ways of your life does he control you or your decisions? And this is where the daddy comes in role. If I'm like, hey, I want to go to this club with these certain people, he'll be like, yeah, I don't think that's the best of ideas. And that's mainly him just looking out for me because he knows who I am and he knows certain situations aren't going to be, you know, productive for me. All right. So let me ask you this. So we know that there is a world on the Internet where you can find these types of people. Is there a physical world in Boston where you can find these types of people, i.e., you know, clubs? Are there special clubs or places you go to? Um, sadly, not really. Um, it's a bummer. How can that be? How can there be a whole world on the on the web but not in an, the actual meetup or anything like that boston doesn't have a big scene it doesn't have a scene like some cities do um there's one club the machine they have a fetish themed night like one saturday every other month um but that's about it (laughs) so and i know new york does have sex clubs where you can go and Mm -hmm. openly have sex with other couples and swapping and they're just beds massachusetts is really you know it's really conservative i believe it But then, you you know, you drive 45 minutes and you go to Rhode Island and, um, you know, there's there's sex clubs that you can be members of. And they actually have a giant convention um, held at a hotel for a whole weekend dedicated to fetish. And that's when you can network and meet people. Now, you're at 20 years old. You're not you can't legally drink or buy alcohol. Can you get into sex clubs in Rhode Island or? Yep. They're they're usually 18 plus. So there's no alcohol served, obviously. No, sometimes it's like BYOB, but it's uh, it's not that encouraged to drink that much while, you know, engaging in acts such as, you know, BDSM because you're not that clear. It's almost like, you know, drinking and driving. You won't really do it. Um, you know, you can maybe have a beer, but... You know, I think that all the details of, of the logistics and all this is really fascinating and titillating, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I, I want to step back a little bit. When you think about the things that you are interested in and that you are consenting to. Do you ever think about why it is that you are drawn to that sort of sexual activity, whereas most people or a large number of people are not? Is there anything in your childhood that you look back and say, I think it kind of started there? Or is it, you know, is there trauma of some kind that you can look back to that you're sort of compensating for? Where does it come from? So I guess, honestly, it probably stems back to losing my virginity at such a young age. Um, because at that point, I, you know, became a, you know, a woman, essentially. <laughs> but even that is sort of a chicken or the egg thing, right? So you lost yeah, your virginity exactly. at 13 because you were very sexual. Sex. Yeah. So mm-hmm. do you remember being sexual even younger than that? Did you masturbate oh, yeah. at a much younger age? Do you have sexual thoughts? Yeah. Like, I, can, I can't remember a time where I wasn't a sexual being. <laughs> and it's just like... That's why people say, like, oh, this lifestyle, how are you a part of it? I had a good friend tell me that it isn't a lifestyle, it's it's your life. Like, you don't, you don't, cho- you don't choose it. You don't choose the lifestyle of being gay. You're, you're born that way. That's just how you are. That's how your body, your mind, and soul works. And, and that this is who I am. All right, so another fascinating point. We need to get to this as well because you just hit on it. So when that happens, and it sounds like you had some really cool friends who were – 
supportive of it and non-judgmental like what's what's your support group like like you just did you i mean kids your age i mean you were having sex before kids your age i was assuming not only that but you're doing all this crazy stuff so like what was that like telling your friends this stuff you know believe it or not i didn't have that many friends growing up um i did have a very close friend he was gay and we were very promiscuous in our doings uh you know he was promiscuous in his activities and I was too so I guess I really only honestly have one friend who I've grown up with who knows all about this lifestyle and he's actually not that supportive of it because he doesn't fully understand it so it's got to it's got to be tough I mean you do sound remarkably comfortable with this and just by the tone of your voice nothing is non-consensual and this is all you know something you embrace but but it's so taboo that you can't really have it be a part of your relationship with anybody outside of that what what about when your when your child grows up or becomes a little bit older 8 9 10 11 years old where they're really aware of what's going on in the house how are you going to approach sharing this with that child at some point i mean of course you know every parent has to have the birds and the bees talk and you know my birds and the bees talk is just going to be a little different bird birds and beads and birds with uh twigs and so, hitting each other I don't know. <laughs> of course. plus someone else watching in the corner so yeah. it's always going to be different yeah, like i don't think i'll go in that much detail with her i mean you know if she's 17 16 years old and goes rooting through my drawers which i'm sure will happen um and you know comes to me and is like what is this i i'll be honest with her as long as you know it's in a setting where she's comfortable and I'm comfortable talking about it. I'm, I'm not going to hide anything. I don't think it's something that needs to be hidden. I mean, definitely to a minor. I wouldn't be, like, promoting this. Um, but I, it, it doesn't need to be hidden. It's not anything bad. It's not anything – it is dirty, but it's not a dirty thing. I mean, you, you wouldn't – But if she's if – she's, I don't know, 16, 17 years old or 15 years old – and she's okay. and she's mm-hmm. hearing you. There's a difference between hearing your parents in the next room having sex, mm-hmm. or having your parents in the next room with your mother being beaten. I'm gonna have a very large home. <laughs> uh, no, it's not with a, with a with a dungeon. That's one of the things on their uh, list. No, honestly, uh, no, no, look you know, at that's one. That's what I want. I want a white picket fence with a dungeon in the basement. You know, <laughs> that's the American dream. It's the it's, new it's American Ameri- dream. It's my American dream. You know what? Let's find some middle ground here. Let's just come out and say we all have dungeons. Yes, we have it. We all do. <laughs> Even if it's metaphorical, I think that's probably true. But you know, it's it's a sensitive topic, I guess, to me because uh, a number of years ago, when my son was. I, I don't know, 12, 13, early, um, I think middle school, or he, he, he did hear me in the next room having sex. And it, it was a traumatic event for him. And he and I, over the years, have revisited it in conversation many times to help him sort of come to terms with um, what that meant to him and what that how hard that was for him and why it was traumatic and and and, and, and yeah it's it's a hard thing I mean I I think I remember my parents having sex once when I was really young and I and I I remember you know being curled up on the floor next to the next to (laughs) the yeah next to the closed door hearing these bizarre and I know my parents are going to listen to this podcast probably and be mortified but and I'm shaking mine too (laughs) yeah exactly yeah well you're well I don't have that problem because my parents have never had sex so not a problem for me no but i remember thinking i'm curled up next to this door shaking my head saying i am never going to do that to a woman i will never do that to because i didn't know what was going on and uh you know the the punchline there is i never have done that to a woman shame (laughs) but uh uh, no that's not true it's just a joke it was for comedy the point i guess is that is a very hard lifestyle to hide from anyone who lives in the same house and so you know um when she's 16 years old i hope she has friends and i hope she goes to sleepovers (laughs) so you know i can have my home to myself i mean no i mean when she's older, of course, it's going to be harder to hide. And, you know, I'll rent a hotel room. That's what they're for. <laughs> so what do you, what will you do when she comes home and she's 13 and says, you know, and I guess it'd be great if she actually did this and was this communicative. But what if she says, Mom, I, uh, Johnny and I are going to have sex? You know, I would tell her that 
think really, really, really hard about it. It's your body. It's your choice. You know, let's go to the doctors and get you some birth control, but you need to really think about it because it's one thing you're never going to get back. So would you, you would buy your 13-year-old daughter birth control if she, if she was at that stage? If she was mature enough to come to me and tell me that she was going to have sex, I mean, what else is there to do at that point? I can't, I can't put bars in her window and lock the door. I, I'm going to have to be a parent and I'm going to have to be mature about it and I'm going to have to give her the tools she needs to be safe. What are you going to do? No, you're right. And that's, I guess that's an awesome way to look at it. And you make a good point if she's that mature to actually say it to you. I mean, it's probably more likely that she'd just do it. I joke about it all the time. I'm just going to, you know, in the bathroom drawer, I'm going to have condoms and everything you need with a note saying like, if you're going to use these, please come talk to me. <laughs> we need to have a talk. <laughs> well, that's good of you. I mean, you were supported at a very young age, so you're going to turn around and do the same thing more or less. Yeah, but my parents didn't know that I lost my virginity, and I wish my parents had a... My parents didn't have the talk with me. You know, I learned about it from my older siblings and the school nurse and stuff. <laughs> I didn't have anyone, you know... You grew up in a large family? There's five of us. Wow, that's and a I'm lot of kids. Of, I'm one of the youngest. I have a little brother, but, you know, I grew, wow. I grew up in a house of five kids. So was, yeah. was sex taboo in conversation in your house? Was it just not acknowledged and that conversation was not had? I mean, it definitely wasn't hidden, but no one talked about it. We, we definitely could talk about it. I, I wish I knew to be comfortable and open with my parents when, but... I guess what I'm trying to get at here is I, anybody who's listening to this and is a parent is either horrified or scared to death <laughs> that, oh, so what it, should I talk more openly about it or should I not? Do you think that because it wasn't talked about in your house, you became much more curious? Oh, yeah, Definitely. For sure. And I mean, with the help of the internet, you know, I, I had everything right at my fingertips. So did the older did the older siblings help you out a little bit down this path? Um, I mean, my older sister bought me my first like real bra. Um, <laughs> I think that's about how hard. <laughs> Do you remember how old you were the first time you saw porn? Oh, I was probably yeah, it was probably like 12 or 13. How, how did you see it? Uh, I have an older brother and, you know, it was always fun to, to go in my older siblings' rooms when they weren't home and when I wasn't supposed to. And he, you know, had naked girls on the walls and magazines under his bed and a laptop. So <laughs> it wasn't that hard to find. So you would sneak on his laptop and, and see the porn that he'd been watching in his history or bookmarks or whatever? <laughs> yeah, mostly it was just his, like, the dirty magazines. I didn't really start searching porn until I was 13 going on 14, I guess. I can actively remember going onto Pornhub and typing typing in like older and younger, um, as in older guys, younger girls. So, so d were you were you searching out that porn before you lost your virginity or after? Probably afterwards, because after you know I lost my virginity to someone who was you know seventeen going into college, and I was you know just barely going into high school. I you know still in what eighth grade. Um, after that, I just. That's when my obsession with needing older guys, I guess, happened. So did you actually have a period later in your teen years where you where you dated other guys your own age and you just thought, yeah, this sucks. These guys don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, I, of course, I've dated my guys my own age. And I've, I've tried to, you know, before I met my boyfriend to date guys similar to my age. And it just it doesn't happen for me. I It's it's a turn off. <laughs> Chris, this is very similar to our conversation with Rachel. She, you know, a couple episodes back, she yeah. said similar things. But um, one th one thing we've discovered on on, on this show is uh, there is no worse person to be uh, than a twenty year old male because apparently, from what I'm hearing, they don't know anything. So they uh, their life apparently is going to start in about fifteen years. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, guys, but uh, sorry. stay in school and do your thing because uh, they're going <laughs> to come after job. you, but not. Yeah, exactly. Boy, my son is never going to listen to this podcast after this. Um, it's sad. For, for a lot of reasons. Um, <laughs> but to be fair and balanced, though, we need to have a 20-year-old girl on here who loves guys her own age. We, did, we probably should do I that. I know. I'll find you some. <laughs> yeah. Well, are, are, well, that's a good point. Do you Are your friends sort of dating normally, and they are they into this too, or what's the story? I mean, I don't honestly, I don't have that much time for new friends and stuff so a lot of my friends from like high school and stuff have moved on to you know colleges that and universities that like aren't in Boston so I don't really have a lot of connections anymore right. but the the friends I still stay in touch with you know they're dating 20 year olds 21 year olds their own age and you know experiencing the same experiences with someone their own age going through life together you know 
going through being a freshman in college, getting, like, you know? Um, so, yeah, I do have friends that date guys their own age, and it's so taboo to me. That's weird to me. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. No, I think I know the feeling. Like, Chris and I, you know, Chris and I all have friends that are on Facebook and doing normal things. People are, you know, raising kids and doing stuff, <laughs> and there's a part of us that – I don't know, Chris, how you feel when you see that, but you're like, God, we're just not part of what everyone else is doing. It's no, I weird. Mean, I'm 20 years old, and I, you know, I get to fly first class weekends to destinations. I mean, 20 year girls my age aren't doing that right now. You know, they're like saving every penny to go on spring break, and I just, I live a definitely a a different lifestyle from people my own age right now. So he's flying you around first class. I assume he's he's he does pretty well. <laughs> he does okay. Yeah. I want to ask, you know, you're so upbeat and um, happy with this lifestyle choice. What sucks about it? There has to be something that sucks. Um, I, uh, <laughs> um, I guess what sucks is when maybe finding like a long lasting relationship with someone that you truly love and you truly want to be with. Because, I mean, I see a lot of people in this lifestyle struggling to find someone they're compatible with, you know, to get married to and have a life with who's kinky. Um, So keeping a relationship in this lifestyle, I think, is hard, which sucks. Um, You know, I think these these kinky relationships come and go. So when, like, it's hard to find a good one. And I guess another thing that sucks is how it's not as open and it is looked at as so taboo and people have so many misconceptions about it and people aren't open to talking about it. With the possible exception of you, it it seems to me that a lot of people enter or make these kinds of choices for reasons where they, they do have trauma behind them or they were assaulted in some way as a child or or in a marriage or something and they turned a completely different direction and try something different. I think a lot of people end up experimenting when they're running from something else or compensating from something else. So that kind of uh, psychological situation does make yeah, for a lot so of... a lot of fakes out there. <laughs> well, a lot, yeah, and a lot of baggage in a relationship mm-hmm. because oh, y- yeah. you actually sound very healthy in the way that you've arrived at these choices, but I, I'm sure there are a hell of a lot of people, maybe most of them. No, who... I, I mean, I've met girls who have like, yeah, like I was touched by my dad at a really young age and now that's all I can think about. And it's like, I feel so bad for you. <laughs> it's like... Do you, you mean people in, in this kind of commu- community? That feel yeah, that way because I'm very well known on the community I'd like to think and so I do have a lot of people coming to me in my inbox and telling me their stories and it's like it's like I, I feel for them and I, I feel bad because it's like I have such a cleaner experience than some people get being in this lifestyle oh I can imagine it would just be a a um it's very ripe for abuse and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of douchebaggery I would think but I don't sense that. Like you came to it naturally, mm-hmm. weren't forced to it. You discovered it on your own. It was a natural thing. Happened early in your life, maybe earlier than most. But that doesn't doesn't make you perverted or anything like that. But I mean, it seems really healthy. I don't. Chris and I are not hanging up the phone till we find out what's wrong here. <laughs> no, but I but I want to say yeah, and I've I've made this point a couple times. You do seem very healthy. But would you say that most people who make these choices aren't, or are a lot of people just like you? I think there are a lot of people just like me, but I mean, it's it's hard to say because I'm not an expert, you know what I mean? And no one is. I mean, there's books and books and, you know, about this lifestyle, but no one really knows. I mean, I would have to go survey a bunch of people and, and I don't have enough time for that. So Let me ask you this. Did you ever go through a phase where you couldn't sleep at night or were really struggling? Did you ever ask yourself t- tough, a tough question like, boy, is there something wrong with me? I wonder what's wrong with me. Do I need to get this fixed? Do I need to get this looked at? Or did you always accept it? Um, The only time I felt that way was in my first relationship. In the dom-sub lifestyle, I laid awake at night wondering, why am I letting this dude touch me the way he is? And it's just because it wasn't the right fit for me. I wasn't compatible with him, and I was letting him hurt me. And that's that's the thing. Like, that's the only time I felt bad was when I didn't, love the person and I was letting them abuse me that must have been a difficult thing to be able to figure out because you have to figure out is it the person or is it the lifestyle Mm -hmm. and how do you know I mean I definitely knew it was the person because you know one time when he was hitting me I, I just broke down in tears and I was like I can't do this and I started crying and it's like 
that happens to people and and sometimes the tears are a good thing sometimes it's a breakthrough and you're just crying because you know crying is good it's you know but that's when I realized that that person wasn't the right fit for me but I mean in my new relationship I don't really have that and I feel comfortable do you uh have you ever gone to therapy for any reason yeah of course did this come Um, up (laughs) so I've always I've been so afraid to talk to a therapist about stuff like this why um I know it's it's weird honestly I don't know why I I, as comfortable as I am talking about this for some reason I feel like therapists are the most judgmental people ever (laughs) Um, well isn't it supposed to be just the opposite though where a therapist wouldn't judge you for anything right I mean that that's sort of the point uh, I haven't had too many therapists so I think it might have just been the one that I was seeing (laughs) um do you feel like this is something you need to share with a therapist or, or, no, or really <laughs> not at all um i don't think so. because chris and i charge by the hour and you've been on the clock my friend so <laughs> this is no, i think you know what we're gonna we're gonna comp this one we're comping it how can i pay you guys but for, hey 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 this is a family show Easy. Uh, i'll sign some autographs <laughs> there you go yeah this has been i think probably the most one of the most unique interviews we've had wouldn't you say no probably n- n- yeah we not like we've done a whole library of them but thank you for for sharing all <laughs> yeah. this and let me talk a little bit that we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up a little bit mm-hmm. with a, a forward looking you're so optimistic you're so healthy and you accept yourself and you accept others that's all very cool when you think about the future i know we've talked a little bit about the future but uh you know you want to be a teacher and you mm-hmm. want to help obviously you very want to help kids and things like that uh, what kind of family do you want do you want a lot of kids do you what, what do you, what do you vision, envision on that side no i think i just want one more kid um just so i can fully experience motherhood and you know i just see myself living this lifestyle the way i am you know graduating college you know hopefully getting married and having a family and i'm just gonna keep being who i am that's great and any other dreams or hopes and dreams places you'd like to go things you'd like to do any other i mean you're young what dream go crazy what what else what what else do you envision dude she is going are you kidding me there are people yeah i know (laughs) she's living the dream right now what what else is there? i know no i'm kidding i'm kidding i I mean like i want to travel a lot more um which will happen i don't really know where i want to go i want to go everywhere um yeah i want to just keep doing what i'm doing (laughs) it's about it well like you know it's it is kind of surprising to us i think but you don't you do present yourself as very happy very healthy and uh uh, i can only hope that that's that's genuine and runs deep you know we all have our issues i guess but you certainly seem to have dealt with whatever yours might be and and made choices that you're okay with and that's all anybody can can ask Chris, last week we started this thing where we ask a couple of questions of guests before we uh, before we let them go, shall we? Yeah, start us off. We do have the question where we say, "What did you want to be when you grow up?" But you haven't even <laughs> really grown up yet. So, what? <laughs> and you already said you want to be a teacher. I guess that's your answer. Yep, that's it. <laughs> what would What would you attempt if you if you absolutely knew you couldn't fail? My relationship. <laughs> I don't know. Does that make sense? Oh, that's a good answer, actually. A relationship, being in a relationship that you know can't fail, that would be a pretty secure yeah. feeling. I, I've never had that feeling. Too big to fail. Either. I don't th- has anybody? <laughs> Last but not least, what song would you say best represents your childhood or growing up? Which you're still experiencing, your childhood. <laughs> in other words, what's your favorite song right now? <laughs> we just... I cannot answer. No, but seriously, the song of my childhood would probably be Ain't No Mountain High Enough because my mom used to blare it all the time to me. Old school. Motown. Old school Motown. Well, Em, hey, thank you very much for joining us. This has been extremely educational, not only for us, but I think uh, for anybody who's listening. And uh, so thank you. Em, thank you again. Thank you guys for having me. (laughs) I'm proud of you guys for listening and not being weirded out and keeping an open mind. (laughs) Hey, we are nothing but open-minded here on Middle Ground. She's a groundling. She's Yeah, you're you're our first groundling. Yeah, thanks, Em. All right, so if anybody has any questions and comments, and I really hope we get questions and comments on this, twomeninthemiddle at gmail.com is our email address. And as we said earlier, we're on iTunes now, so subscribe, follow, like, Insta, Snap rate whatever the kids are doing (laughs) thanks everybody appreciate it and have a good week